today on Thursday Finance, Stephen Pritchard, we're going to be talking about end-of-year tax planning tips. It's certainly the time to do it. We'll also have our weekly market update with Henry Jennings and take a look at what's happening with currencies and commodities. Stephen Pritchard uh, here with us again today. And uh, currencies and commodities, our dollar seems to be down a little and then it's up a little bit. Um, well, finish the week down a little. Uh-huh. Finish okay. the week down a little. How are we going with gold then as an alternative? The gold, gold was up a bit. So it was up $24.23 an ounce to uh, $947.29 Australian dollars an ounce. So it's getting up towards the $2,000 mark. I wonder if we'll get there. Um, the copper price was $8,616 a tonne, which is up $211.64 a tonne. And the oil price, the oil price was down was up $3.79 a barrel to $90.30 a barrel. Okay, so that's been going up and down a little bit too, Everything hasn't goes it? up and down, Jane. Well, and the, um, and the, uh, the currencies, as you said, uh, the Australian dollar slipped against the week. It got below 69, uh, 69 cents, so it's down to 68.88 cents um, Australian at the moment. Uh, uh, sorry, US my 68.88 US cents at the moment, so yep. it's continuing to slip. And, you know, part of that's because of the falling interest rate. So if interest rates were to fall again, you expect the Australian dollar to fall, fall further. Uh, against the Great British Pound, we're down to 54.45 um, pence. And the New Zealand dollar, we're down to $1.05. And the euro, we're 61.3 euro cents. So, so the currency slipped all across the all across the major currencies this in the last week. Okay, uh, a stay-at-home time. Stay-at-home, except but you know, you're probably ahead if you're an equity investor. So the, mar- the share market was up. Um, the share market was up this week, 109.4 to 6,728. It's it's getting close to its all-time high, which was in 2007. So we might get there. Um, the S&P 500 was up by 34.8 points to 2,926. And the UK FTSE was up 35 points to 7,403. So all the major indexes around the world were up were up this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's lots of black ink on some of these companies that local investors like. Uh, BHP was up uh, $1.42 to $40.98. So um, it was down a little bit this morning, but I, I don't think it'll be long before we see that at $41. Um CBA was $82.30, which is up $1.88. NIB, NIB's had this amazing run, or NHF as the case is. It's up to $7.73, or up 46 cents on the week. And uh, poor old Telstra was uh, $3.84, so there was no change on the week there. So so overall, um, you know, people who... Some of these stocks that local investors seem to like have done quite well. Uh, the fuel price, the fuel prices were down a bit this week. Um, unleaded fuel in Newcastle was a dollar forty-two point five, so that's a saving of four point two cents a litre. And in Sydney, it's a dollar thirty-seven point eight, which is an increase of five point four. Mm, okay, so Sydney's still got cheaper fuel than we have. Still Sydney's got to the super cheap, yeah. And the diesel fuel price is a dollar fifty point six in Newcastle and a dollar forty-six point one in Sydney. So okay. So, so we're probably overall, we're probably all a little bit wealthier this week than last week. <laughs> On to a new RFM Thursday Finance. Time for our market update. Stephen Pritchard with Henry Jennings from Marcus Today. Henry. Stephen. Ah, the weather's a bit warm today, but I understand it's going to get <laughs> freezing tomorrow. It was pretty cold this morning when I took the dog for a walk. Even he with his fur coat was um, 
me thinking, hang on a second. Our dog always wants to go for a walk, no matter how cold it was. Yeah. Yeah. So so the ASX index is getting close to its all, the ASX 200 rather, is getting close to its all-time high. Yes, yes. Well, the, mar- the market's certainly not cold. If anything, it's very, very hot at the moment. We're, we're getting so close now. Um, we're nearly at 6,700 today. We're up again. We had a, a very solid day yesterday, up 78 points. So it's just um, this massive fear of missing out that's driving it. Momentum is driving it. Um, and the big driver of all that momentum is interest rates, which have had a massive uh, change of heart in the last six months, pretty much since Christmas, since Jerome Powell walked the Fed back from uh, talking about rate cuts. Uh, they're now talking about uh, rate rises, rather. They're now talking about rate cuts. So um, last night the Fed came out and said that they weren't going to cut rates in June, but July looks very, very much a certainty now. The question is not if they will, it's more by how much will they. So um, this has put the U.S. 10-year bond down to um, it got through 2%, which is a far cry from uh, 3.2%. It was uh, six months ago, end of late last year, and when everyone was talking about it going to 3.5%, so massive change. Markets around the globe are um, celebrating low interest rates. Um, and, um, of course, there is a reason why there's low interest rates, which we tend to forget, is that um, the global economy is slowing, and that's that's why our interest rate environment is getting cheaper and cheaper. But um, for every good side, there's a bad side. Mm, not so good if you're invested in fixed interest for your, your retirement income, but anyhow... Well, if you've got, well, this is the problem, unfortunately. If, if you've got money in the bank, which is now earning very little, um, there is a temptation, and there is, you know, that's certainly what we're seeing in the stock market, that you have to put your money to work and get a yield elsewhere, which does increase your risk. And, yep. of course, all, all that money coming out of deposits into, um, into the stock market pushes up the stock market. And a lot of fund managers are still sitting on the sidelines, scratching their heads and going, you know what, this is all too expensive. I'm not piling in now. And... Um, they could be right, they could be wrong. But Only time will tell. Time will tell, but at the moment, they are wrong. Yes. And so after pay, a few people seem to have got that wrong. So, <laughs> so the shares went up and up and up, and then the, the, did this placement, and the, yep. some of the executives sold, and then Austrac yep. raised concerns about money laundering. So where are we now? Well, they weren't actually new concerns. They were going back over a number of years. I think um, people remember the, um, I guess, infamous Mickey Mouse thing when, yeah, yeah, when yeah. people were yeah. um, signing up as Mickey Mouse and, and, and opening an account with Afterpay. And this is going back to the heart of the matter. And um, they did place a bunch of shares at, at $23. They did uh, sell $300 million worth of new stuff and $100 million bucks worth of the, um, the founder's shares. Um, the stock price went bananas after that. It was up around 12% um, as they were inundated with people wanting to buy it. But unfortunately, a couple of days later, this Austrack thing uh, broke, um, and they've got to uh, put in an uh, external auditor to uh, look at their processes and procedures for this. And uh, the stock tanked. It was down, well, 25 30% from that high. Went through the $23 price without too many troubles. Um, has rebounded as some calm is being restored to the situation. But um, you know, these things are, are very volatile. It's, it's a very new area of business. 
regulation is catching up, um, and they are very volatile because of that. So um, you have to expect that when you're playing with these stocks now, especially when they're at these such elevated levels. Um, so it makes life interesting. Yes, yes, and all the more reason you need to get some advice. Oh, <laughs> always. Yes, um, and uh, Link Link shares. Well, you wouldn't expect this stock to be so volatile. I mean, it, it's just a share registry business, but they've got some problem in the UK, and the the, the shares have fallen again. Yeah, yeah. No, Link have not been particularly uh, particularly good, I have to say. Um, and you're right; it's all to do with the UK. There's some changes coming there, and of course, there is also the the, the question of Brexit hanging over its head. Um, the stock's fallen from around $7.80, which was looking quite good, and we're currently at $5.37. So we are seeing quite a lot of volatility in some stocks in this kind of late cycle of the bull market. We have saw uh, today even Caltex, which you would think is you know, relatively immune yep. to, the, the, to the vagaries of the world. People have got to buy fuel, etc. Um, they just you know, make a margin on it. But that's down 18% today after a very... Um, bearish report, challenging environments, um, talking about higher fuel costs. Now, forgive me if I'm wrong on this, but the oil price has dropped from $65 to $51. So I can't actually see how higher fuel prices can really be a uh, justification for this, considering as well that we're paying $1.64 at the pump for oil that's costing 51 bucks. Um, I know that's US and the Aussie dollar has fallen as, as well a little bit, but still, there's something seriously out of kilter here, and obviously, um, Caltech's not doing so well, as are not Link either. But uh, don't, don't Caltex just buy the fuel from the refinery, in, I think, in Singapore, and then add their margin on? Well, they do, but they've also got their own refinery as well in, in Lytton, oh, okay. um, which, which, which they've still got. Um, they closed the Cornell one, but they still have the Lytton finery, the refinery, which I think is up in Brisbane, and that's been subject to some uh, some price pressures. So not a happy tale for Caltex. Um, I've always steered clear of it because I can't understand it. I find it all too, too hard to work out what the fuel price should be. I see the oil price go down you know, 20%, and you think, hey, fuel should be really cheap, and it's not. Goes it goes up. up from 129 to 164 overnight, and you That's think, that doesn't make any sense. Yes. Someone's ripping me off somewhere. Yeah, no, it's all too hard. Um, and then then AGL. AGL's now walked from Vocus. So Vocus is a bit like that. What's that saying? The bridesmaid and never the bride or something? Well, it's beginning to look um, it's beginning to look like Runaway Bride at the moment. Um, that to Richard Gere and Julia Roberts. Oh, okay. uh, every time uh, Vocus gets to the altar and waits for the groom to come wandering down, they um, or she turns on her tail and, and disappears out the back door on the horse. And this has happened with, uh, with Vocus again. AGL, which I have to say, when they announced the takeover it didn't actually look at the most logical thing in the world and you looked at it and scratched your head and thought really why would an energy company want to get into the telephony business but you know okay we'll, we'll go with it um they had six days of due diligence and they walked mm-hmm. now both agl um and vocus said there was nothing particularly nasty there but that's four parties now that have looked at vocus and walked mm-hmm. um it does seem that AGL didn't have the patience for the transformation that Vocus have got underway. Vocus have said that it's going to take time. Um, but, you know, you have to say that there's something seriously wrong if four people um, walk away. 
away from a deal. Four mm-hmm. companies walk away from a deal. But it has certainly helped the AGL share price, which was um, under a bit of pressure on the back of um, buying uh, Vocus because it was quite a big spend. It was sort of $3 billion um, acquisition. So it was no um, no small thing. To a new RFM's Thursday Finance, Stephen Pritchard, we're in the middle of our market update with Henry Jennings. Ah, oh, you're back, Henry. So, 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 Coles has um, shares got to a record high this week um, when they announced that they're not going to cut dividends as part of their five-year turnaround plan. This five-year turnaround plan was kind of news to me. Yeah, I didn't know they had anything to turn around. To be quite honest, no. So it's like um, you know, this is this is probably the only part of retail that's doing relatively okay at the moment is is the staple sector, and, and Coles and Woolies are really kind of. You know, they're not immune to the, the the lack of confidence and the retail slowdown, but they're certainly um, in a better place than some that we've seen. Um, but um, yeah, it's um, I guess all-time high is interesting given they haven't had a particularly long um, mm-hmm. career on the stock market. But um, the new CEO, uh, well, uh, Stephen Kane, has revealed plans for how he's going to grow profit and grow sales. Um, a lot of that is going to come out of cost out. A billion dollars in cost out. Now, a billion, basically, a billion dollars in cost out means that suppliers are going to get squeezed and staff are going to get sacked, mm-hmm. um, and we're going to see more and more um, of the um, the automated uh, t- checkout tills. Um, and they've even got um, some of the supermarkets now have got cameras in them to make sure that you're not doing the wrong thing by um, um, calling your um, your mushrooms the, the high priced mushrooms just the the button ones and those sorts of things. So um, Big Brother is watching you, but certainly you know Coles, um, the Coles Woolies battle continues and will continue to do so. But uh, they have been uh, they have been pretty good um, in terms of. Um, in terms of share price anyway. And uh, and Bluescope, Bluescope expects a lower profit in 2018-2019? Yeah, Bluescope uh, has actually... Uh put a little bit of a downgrade in there, getting a bit squeezed. Um, iron ore prices are up. That's obviously a key component in steel. They make colour bond roofs and those sorts of things. So they are being a little bit squeezed on the input prices, on margins, and they've also, of course, seen a bit of a drop-off in demand in Australia. Um, I think the market was actually expecting um, worse in terms of a downgrade, and I think they downgraded profit and um, growth from 10% to 6%. So the market was expecting worse. Um, but if we don't see a pickup in our economy and we don't see a pickup in the US economy, we could see Blue Scope come under a bit of pressure again. But they have bounced off their lows quite well. Uh, and importantly for shareholders, they announced that they were uh, extending the buyback, which is always good because it does put a bit of a um, support under a share mm. price. Mm. And uh, two bits of news on cryptocurrencies this week. Uh, ASX, opposite ends of the scale, actually. ASX warns of a crackdown on cryptocurrency to prevent consumers harming themselves by participating in speculative cryptocurrency investments. So there was a few... A bit crypto- late for that, isn't it? Yeah, well, they listed some not so long ago. So, 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 didn't, we, so. didn't we have crypto... Bitcoin go from nothing to twenty thousand and back to five grand, and now it's up to nine grand. So they're a bit, bit sort of behind the eight ball with this. Yeah, this one. but they listed some company that invested in cryptocurrency or something. There's, there's a few of them around that yeah. do have assets in crypto, which have, I think DCC is one that I followed a while ago when it, when everybody at dinner used to say, "Oh, I want to invest in cryptocurrency. Yeah. What should I buy? I want to buy some Bitcoin." 
never stopped. Mm-hmm. So, um, yes. But, um, but no, the interesting one, I guess, is what you're coming to, it's is that Facebook. Facebook is going to be launching its own cryptocurrency, which is going to be called Libra, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting. Uh, and I did see the, um, the CEO, uh, Ms. Sandberg, um, talking about it on uh, a Bloomberg interview this morning. This is a long way off. They have a lot of work to do, and blockchain is still... Um, it's still not the most stable of things, apparently, and it is still quite cumbersome. Um, and cryptocurrencies, I mean, Facebook are looking to sort of invade the banking space and try and get a bit of a slice of the finance sector. So all well and good for them, but it is going to take a little while to uh, to come off. But it certainly hasn't stopped the, um, the crypto bulls no. from pushing up uh, cryptocurrencies. So uh, at the moment, you know, it's it's a bit of a hot sector, and it's become a, um, a, a digital hedge against all the world's woes, as opposed to um, gold, which has been doing well as well. I noticed that uh, Aussie gold cracked 2,000 bucks an ounce uh, today, and uh, crypto bitcoins up to 9,300 just about in terms of uh, US dollars. So um, that's that's done pretty well as well. It wasn't that long ago; it was five, six thousand bucks. So um, I think I'd rather have the gold. up in everything at the moment. I think I'd rather have the gold. At least there's there's. I'd much rather have the gold. At least you kind of got some history there, and no one can hack your account and uh, and steal your money or lock you out, or you can forget your password Passwords, and yeah. all that sort yeah. of stuff. And, and when you die, your, your relatives can't remember your password, and, <laughs> um, or you get hacked. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and no, I think it's it's a far easier um, proposition to own a couple of bars of gold stashed under your bed. Yes. Um, which you, which you can buy at the Perth Mint. Yeah, you've got to pay a bit of a premium but um, uh, over gold, but I, I, I tend to side with Ulrich Goldfinger. I think gold is quite a good thing to have. Okay, thanks for that, Henry. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Stephen. Cheers. This is Thursday Finance. Henry Jennings from Marcus Today, Senior Market Commentator. We always enjoy having a chat with Henry. It's coming up to that time of year again. The end of the month is when everything has to be signed, sealed and delivered as far as the taxman is concerned. Yeah, so we've got uh, another week and one day more or less. I think that was 30th of June's on Sun. Well, Sunday, yeah. It should be 10 days from today. Sunday, so, <laughs> so Sunday. It's Sunday, only one proper Sunday week. Sunday this yeah. year, yeah, one work okay. week left. One work week and one day. Yep. So if you're looking for some tax deductions, um, you know, you better you better get your skates on. So just go through a couple of things. Work-related work related expenses. So if, you, if you're needing to buy some new things for work um, in the next couple of months, probably now's the time to get it so you get a deduction in the current year. Remember that to claim work-related expenses, they have to be actually related to your work um, and you need a receipt if your total claims are more than $300. Now, one of the things that has been people have liked to claim in the past is uh, mobile phone and home internet. Now, the ATA has put out a, a ruling at the end of last financial year that applies for the current financial year. Unless you've actually kept a logbook on those type of things and can work out, can work out what percentage of business against private use, your total claim is limited to $50. And it's not $50 a month, it's $50 per annum. So if you're saying that, you know, 90% of your mobile phone calls are for work, you need a logbook to justify that. 
That seems as though you'd be spending more time logging things than um, well, actually yeah. doing any work. Well, that might be might, might be the idea. <laughs> but I suppose, I suppose, um, I suppose, I don't know, you might be able to get your bill and sort it electronically and work out who you called. I don't know. But anyhow, that's what the ATA's yeah, view, and so. the ruling yeah. does go on about how you're supposed to keep these records. And it reminded me a bit like the claim for laundry expenses where you're supposed to work out how much washing powder you use and yeah you know, so, so i'm serious so, and how okay. much electricity the washing machine yeah anyway, so so bear in mind that that unless you've kept this logbook or going to keep the logbook um to work out uh, what percentage of business prior internet and, and mobile phone use is limited work-related expenses such as tools um um stationary um uh, certain types of uniforms if it's mandatory you can still all claim those provided you've got 300 maximum of 300 dollars and the ato has got a list of uh of items you can claim for most occupations on their website if you want to go and have a check okay mm. yeah, and, so- and what about people who are looking after their own finances at home um, does that apply to them as well such as well, I mean, not actually working, but say they they deal in shares. Oh yeah, so so anything like we're just going to talk about subscriptions. So if they they subscribe to 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 Marcus Today or you know the Intelligent Investor or I think there's Money Magazine or there's a whole there's a whole lot of those type of subscriptions, the Financial Review, and and they're subscribing for those to get research on their on their um, share investments. Yes. Um, and they're perfectly entitled to claim a tax deduction for all of that. Um, and if they've got a computer um, that they're using to look up prices, I imagine you're going to have to come up with some proportion against business and private use. And, and it's all relative too. I mean, if you've got a $2 million portfolio, the ATA is going to be far more believable that most of the most of the time on the computer is used for researching and charting and maintaining records than if you've got 500 shares in Telstra. Mm. Um, so, so, so you've got to use a bit of common sense there. So, so, um, and even on subscriptions, if you've got 500 shares in Telstra, which you've had forever and a day, why would you be buying all these subscriptions? You can't turn around and say that you buy the Sydney Morning Herald to get the financial section. So you've got, you've got to use. So all those subscriptions um, to Australian Shareholders Association and uh, um, and uh, any even the union subscriptions, if you pay those up prior to the end of the financial year, you can get a tax deduction in the current year. Okay. And then, of course, you can't do it next year, or you do it from the yeah, year Yeah, you ahead. can do it for next year, but just okay. be careful that you can't pay more than 13 months, so you can't go and pay the next five years. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, super contributions. Now, super contributions is important. Now, a lot of funds I know have a cutoff day tomorrow, um, so the money actually has to be in the fund. So if you're going to make a super contribution to which you want to obtain a tax deduction for, it needs to be in the fund. Now, now generally, most people can now claim up to $25,000 of tax deductions for super contributions. So what that means is if your employer puts in the 9% and say they contribute um which works out at, say, uh, 10000 a year, and then you want to put additional money into your superannuation fund, you can just pay it in. As long as you tell the fund you're going to claim a tax deduction, you can claim that extra 15000 on your um, tax return. Mm-hmm. Okay, so as long as the total amount doesn't exceed twenty five between money that's paid on your behalf by someone else and your own personal contributions, your own personal contributions, you can claim up to 25000 Now, that can be a bit complex. There's also... Um, for older people, there's work tests and all sorts of things. So you probably need to 
get some quick advice if you're not sure of it. Um, and, and then a lot of the funds, you can ring them up and they'll give you some factual advice but won't take into account your personal circumstances. Yes. So, so if you want to top up your super, um, you've got a lot of funds, as I said, tomorrow. depends on the fund. So, you know, you need to think about that quick, smart, the super contributions. And don't forget, you know, if you want to get some money into the fund that, that and be subject to the the bring forward rule, you get to put in, in most circumstances, $300,000, which you won't get a tax deduction for. Uh, But also, if you want to do that in the current year, it has to be in before the 30th of June. Okay. Okay. Uh, Gifts to charities. Yes, well, the charities seem to be sending me lots of emails lately. Um, Yeah, so once again, um, gifts over $2 are generally tax deductible. You need to make sure the charity is a deductible gift recipient. So there's two types of deductible gift recipients, which you don't really need to worry about. So there's a DG1 and a DG2, um, and they need to have a deductible gift recipient number for you to obtain a tax deduction. Now, one thing, you know, a lot of these charities, you want to be careful. Um, you need to ask a few questions, particularly if you're going to give a substantial amount of money. Where's the money going? How much is actually being spent on what they say it's being spent? What's the CEO being paid? Now, a lot of these charities, the CEOs and the, the executives are now being paid more than they're getting in the commercial world. So just be careful on where you give your money to charities. And I always think, you know, probably better off supporting the local ones so you can actually go and find out where the money's actually going and it's making a difference. Um, prepaid interest expenses. So anyone who's got a, a investment property or a share portfolio which they've got borrowings on, uh, you can claim the interest in the, the current year uh, up to 13 months if it's paid prior to the 30th of June. Now, um, you can't just go in and make 13 payments. You actually have to come to an arrangement with the financial institution to accept the 13 payments now. Uh, margin facility, that's probably easy. They've already got the facilities in place. But if you've got a home loan, you might have to go and talk to the bank. And, of course, leasing expenses, the same type of thing applies. If you want to pay, prepay your leasing expenses, like you might have leased a, a computer for work or a car for work or something, you want to prepay the leasing expenses. On those, you can prepay up to 13 months in a financial year. Well, and that's going to that's see enough. us nicely, nicely sorted out for our tax return for this year. Thank you, Stephen Pritchard. Thanks, Jane. There's always lots to think about when we're going through um, tax time and finances there. Stephen Pritchard, back next week for Thursday Finance on 2NURFM. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.